Well, I'm Pastor Ilhoffen. I think you knew I'm the new pastor, right? But if you can't say Ilhoffen, that's okay. You can just say Pastor O. My dad was Pastor O and my grandfather was Pastor O, so I can be Pastor O too. Well, today is the Reformation, and today it's a very special day that I'd like to share with you. I'm going to be preaching on John chapter 8, but I'd like to share just one thought with you. And, and it's in our Bible passage, and this is what it says. These are the words of Jesus. Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Hold to my teaching. Let's ask a good Lutheran question, shall we? What does this mean? What does it mean to hold Jesus to Jesus' teaching? Well, to help you understand that, uh, I, I wanted to let you know, since my wife and I are, are kind of new to Minnesota, we came from, from a faraway place called Wisconsin. <laughs> far away, right? It's not far. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. Some days it feels that way. Uh, but I'm learning a lot about Minnesota, and I really like living here in Minnesota with you. But in Minnesota, they have a lot of lakes, don't they? Do you know how many lakes they have? 1,000 lakes? 10,000 lakes. Yeah, Minnesota has 10,000 lakes. That's a lot of, of water, isn't it? And, and uh, have you ever been on any one of those lakes? Have you? Maybe you went out on a, on a fishing boat with mom or dad, or maybe grandma and grandpa. And when you were on a fishing boat or a pontoon, one of the most important pieces of equipment on a fishing, on a boat, is this piece of equipment right here. Oh, you know what it is? It's an anchor, isn't it? Um, is it heavy? Pretty heavy, isn't it? Do you know what an anchor does on a boat? It stops it. What does an anchor do? It stops the boat so it doesn't drift, right? Because if, if the boat, can you imagine a boat just being out on a, on a lake? It would just float right away, wouldn't it? If, if grandma and grandpa would stop and you'd go swimming and, and the boat wouldn't have an anchor, that boat would just leave you and be all alone, wouldn't you? That, that wouldn't be a good thing, it, it, would it? Well, just like it's important for a boat to be anchored, down so it doesn't move or drift, God tells us that he gives us his word and he tells us to hold to it. And when you hear that in the sermon, I pray that you remember we want to hold or anchor ourselves to God's word. Because sometimes we go through life and we know God has told us different things and he's told us the truth of what we're to believe about Jesus or about what we're to do to love other people. And then we see other people not doing that other people not believing and or other people not doing and we can be tempted to not anchor ourselves just to drift and go away and do things that we shouldn't but god's word today is going to show us to anchor ourselves hold fast hold tightly to jesus his word especially that fact that god loves us and has forgiven us our sins so let's pray to God right now and ask God to help us anchor ourselves to his word. Dear Jesus, thank you for giving us your word. Your word is truth. Help all of us to continue to anchor and hold fast to your word, whether we're in church or whether we're out in the world. Keep us close to Jesus and his word always. Amen. May God's grace.
his mercy and his peace in Jesus be with you now and always as we celebrate the Reformation. Amen. God's word for this festival of the Reformation is recorded for us in the words of John chapter 8, beginning at verse 31. The Bible tells us this. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say we shall be set free? Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you that everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. This is God's word. You may be seated. In the name of the triune God, dear brothers and sisters of the Lutheran Reformation, when is the last time you've been to a pep rally? Maybe you attended a pep rally as a teen or maybe even with a teen. I remember back in the day attending pep rallies when I was a student at Michigan Lutheran Seminary back in Saginaw, Michigan. Is anyone here a graduate of MLS? Could you raise your hand? Okay, I, I'm glad that some of you are loud and proud. I, I, I like that. Um, if you do, you'll remember on Fridays about how the gym was jumping with excitement, not only at our pep rallies, but probably the ones that you attended and at your high school. The band played a catchy tune. The football of the team inspired us to believe we weren't going to lose a game. And we were proud to be MLS Cardinals. In fact, our school colors were red and white. Coincidentally enough, the same colors of the Reformation. I was always proud to wear the colors and be an MLS Cardinal, and I bet you're proud to, be, uh, to go to the student or to be a student of the school that you went to. Those pep rallies were a lot of fun, and they made for some good memories when I get together with my high school classmates but when I think about it, those pep rallies didn't really change my life. I mean, they didn't decide who I'd marry or where I'd live. Think about it. Did your pep rallies do that for you? Well, as you consider this question, remember where you're at. You're in the sanctuary here at St. Paul's. And some people could say with the catchy tunes that we play here and with the things that were said, we're attending a spiritual pep rally. Well, I'm not going to give you a J, an E, an S, a U, and an S, and ask you what that spells. Spoiler alert, Jesus. Instead, as Lutheran Christians, we're reminded that we have good reason to be proud today. This is the Lutheran Reformation. This is a day that we recognize how an obscure monk named Martin Luther nailed 95 theses or reasons why the sale of indulgences were wrong on the, on the church door in Germany on October 31st, today, back in 1517. Now, let's go over some quick Reformation history. The sale of indulgences was authorized by the church of Martin Luther's day. And really, there was only one church, the Catholic Church. What they would do is that the the, the priests of the church would sell indulgences, which were P 
pieces of paper to the people. And if they paid enough money, they could get pieces of paper that would guarantee them the forgiveness of sins. Can you imagine forgiveness for sale? Well, that event of Martin Luther nailing the 95 Theses touched off the Lutheran Reformation, which really changed not only the church, but it changed the world. Really, a Lutheran Reformation isn't just about the bravery of Martin Luther. That wasn't the point. It's about the return to the truth, a return to the truth of the Bible as it needs to be taught in its truth and purity. My friends, now is not a time for us simply to have a denominational pep rally. Sis boom ba, Lutherans are right and everyone else is wrong. No, we don't claim to have the Bible given to us for our exclusive use. And thank God, and I mean that, thank God that Lutherans aren't the only ones who are going to heaven. The Bible teaches us that anybody who believes that Jesus died for their sins will go to heaven. But it is time for Lutherans across Minnesota, across the country, and even across the world to thank God for giving us the Bible. The truth of the Bible, as 2 Timothy says, is able to make us wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. At this service, I pray that the Holy Spirit will inspire you to believe that with Jesus by your side, you will never lose eternally. That's all part of being Lutheran. But if you ever wonder why, if you're a member of St. Paul's, why it's called St. Paul's Lutheran, if you're a guest from our community, by the way, we're glad that you've joined us for this service, or whether you're watching online and that you can hear me right now. In the last service, my microphone was dead. I'm learning a lot of humility today. If you've ever wondered, why you're coming to hear a Wells Church? Really, what I want you to do is take a look at the words of John chapter 8 and ask yourself this question. Can we be proud to be Lutheran? And the answer is absolutely. We can have this humble pride when we stand where Luther stood. When we, first of all, stand up for the truth of the Bible. And secondly, when we stand on the certainty of heaven. As a pastor, I've spent many years inviting people to our church back in Wisconsin. And the number one question about people outside our church is, Pastor O, what's the big deal? Why attend a Lutheran church? And I think I can understand the confusion. You see, many people in our world think that if you have a church with a steeple that points to heaven, that's a good church. After all, every church teaches the same, right? Wrong. I wished and I pray that every church would teach the same truths of the Bible, but you probably live long enough to know that not every church does. So which church should you attend and join? Not just a church that's close by, not just a church that has a school or maybe the pastors and members are friendly. Not because you were baptized there. No, which church should we be a part of? That's who Jesus tells us in the opening words of our reading from John chapter 8. Well, Jesus said it this way. He said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth 
and the truth will set you free. The right church to go to and the right church to attend each week is one that holds to Jesus' truth. Now, what does this mean? Well, you don't have to remember long, just a few minutes ago in the children's sermon, I talked about what it means to hold to Jesus' teaching. It means to anchor ourselves, to literally follow everything that Jesus told us in the Bible. When Jesus says something, we believe it. When Jesus tells us to do something, we do it. Yes, then we will know the truth. And just like a boat that anchors itself with using a, a metal anchor, you and I anchor ourselves to the truth of the Holy Bible, to believe that the Bible is without error, is in the inspired Word of God. I realize I'm new and you don't know me very well. But the one thing I pray that you can appreciate about me is that I'm going to preach and teach exactly what Pastor Sutton believed, what Pastor Scharf and what Pastor uh, Smith believe, that we believe all the truth of the Bible. And the old adage is true, unless you stand for something, you'll fall for anything. A pastor, a church, or a person who doesn't hold the Jesus teaching, well, they're not Jesus followers. And that's why we want to be able to not only be Jesus followers, we want the truth. Because the devil is constantly on the attack, constantly on the prowl, constantly trying to convince pastors and churches and members, what's the big deal? With lies like abortion for convenience, same-sex marriage, what's the big deal? Jesus says it's a big deal. In 6,000 years, God hasn't changed his teachings. In fact, God said, I, the Lord, don't change. If God doesn't change his teaching, what would give anyone the right to change those teachings? The only way that we'll know God's truth, to transmit that truth, not just for ourselves, but to future generations, is to hold tightly to the Bible. After all, didn't God command us in Deuteronomy chapter 4, don't add to my word and don't subtract from it? For we know why God gave us his word. In love, he gave us his word, the Bible, to point us to Jesus in all the, all the, every page of Scripture in the Old and New Testament. God gave us his words so that we would know how to live with peace and joy, what's right and what's wrong. And we'd also know that you and I don't belong here. We belong in heaven with God forever. That's all part of being Lutheran. But have you ever been uncomfortable identifying yourself as a Wells Lutheran? You know what well stands for, right? It doesn't stand for, we enjoy looking serious. It stands for Wisconsin Evangelical Lutheran Synod. Oh, but yet sometimes you might have had a family member or friend say, well, did you know that the Wells is so narrow-minded? The Wells is too strict? I've heard that judgment too. So what do we do? My friends, at that moment, I hope you pray. Pray like I do for God to help me respond in kindness and with wisdom. And usually I just say, could you help me understand how our wells or how our church is too strict or too narrow-minded? Usually people can't give a very clear answer. 
Really, the point is, do we need to be embarrassed to be called Lutherans? Of course not. Confessing Lutherans stand for all the truth of the Bible. My friend Anne put it this way. Anne didn't grow up in a Wells church. She met her husband and then took the Bible information class, and this is how she puts it. She says, on Judgment Day, I'd rather have God ask me why I followed his word so closely than why I didn't. Instead of being embarrassed for being Lutherans, instead, let's thank God for giving us his word, and let's continue to teach it in its truth and purity. Let's continue to protect God's word with regular Bible studies so that we'll know what the Bible says and we'll protect it from false doctrine. And instead of developing a moat mentality, you know, raise the drawbridge and keep God's word to ourselves, let's put down the drawbridge and go throughout New Alm to everyone we meet and among our family and friends and those closest to us, not just across the world, but maybe even across the street, and invite them to come next week here to St. Paul's to hear the, whole, the truth of Holy Scripture. Yes, then we can be proud to be Lutheran. But I'd like to take a quick poll. Which is the Bible teaching that Wells or St. Paul's is most identified with? Most people might pick close communion, the Bible's practice, or they might outline the teaching and the role of men and women. Well, in the interests of keeping this sermon shorter, instead of talking about what our church is against, let's talk about what our church is for. What's the most important teaching of our church that we should be identified with? Well, it was the second reason why we can be proud to be Lutheran. Martin Luther described this teaching on which the church stands or falls, and that's the certainty of heaven. We stand on a fancy teaching called justification by faith. That's simply the Bible's teaching that explains how sinners are right with God right now, and that we know for a fact that we're going to heaven. Certainty is one commodity that's hard to find here in this world. For example, are you certain that you know what the weather is going to be like tomorrow? And would you stake your life on it? Are you certain that you know that your favorite sports team is going to win their next game? And would you bet your family's life on it? Or are you certain that you're going to heaven? That last question is the most important question of all. And that was a question that plagued a German monk named Martin Luther. He wasn't sure that he was going to heaven, and that cost, cost him a lot of angst and worry. He knew Jesus' words in John chapter 8 to be true. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Martin Luther wanted to be right with God, but he just believed what he was told, even in the church. Well, Martin, you got to work for it. You got to do more and more good deeds to please God. But the more Martin Luther did to try to live a good life thinking he was going to earn heaven, the more uncertain he became. Really, all Martin Luther had to hear were the words of our reading for today, which says, if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. Jesus offered Martin and every single sinner absolute freedom from sin, from death, and from the devil, by grace alone, through faith alone, because Scripture 
alone promises. That's what Martin wanted most. And that's what God wanted to give him and us most. And it's all included in a teaching called justification by faith. Here's a definition of justification by faith, short and sweet. In the most important court decision in history, in the courtroom of heaven, God justified the world. That is, he declared every sinner righteous or not guilty. Not because any of us deserved it, but because Jesus earned it for us as God's son and our human brother. And God credited Jesus' perfect record to us. Jesus said, it is finished. And now, the Bible doesn't say in Mark chapter 16, whoever believes and is baptized might be saved or hopes to be saved, or if your Powerball numbers come up, you're in. There's too much uncertainty with that. Instead, you know what the words are in Mark 16. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. That's certainty that changes us. It changes how we live each day, knowing that the problems that we have, oh, it doesn't mean all our problems are gone as Lutheran Christians, but we know they're temporary and manageable with Jesus. And we know that no matter what happens in this life, the best is yet to come. We have heaven waiting for every sinner who believes, guaranteed. So to wrap up this sermon, what makes Wells different than any other religious bodies? Well, a short time ago, I had a friend email me one of those lists that says, you might be Lutheran. You might be Lutheran if when you enter the sanctuary, you have an uncontrollable urge to sit in the back of church. You know you might be Lutheran if you sing stand up, stand up for Jesus sitting down. Now, I suppose there's some truth to those statements, and they might bring a smile to our faces. But what's most important, and what I pray you leave the sanctuary today with a smile on your face, as you think about this question, can we be proud to be Lutheran? Absolutely. When we stand up for the truth of the Bible, and when we stand on the certainty of heaven, may God bless all of us with this humble pride. Amen. I'd like to share with you a stewardship thought. My wife Christine and I just moved to New Alm only about two weeks ago. And believe me when I say we're busy. We're busy unpacking boxes and a million different things. But look who I'm talking to. You're busy. You have a lot to do. You need to take care of your families. You need to work at your jobs. You need to volunteer here in the community. All of those things are such blessings from the Lord. But I don't know about you, but sometimes I have so many things to do that I don't feel like I have enough time to do it. I feel so overwhelmed, I forget why I'm here. It's at those moments I pray that you remember the words of Matthew chapter 5, which say, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Jesus is telling us to remember our priorities, to seek first his kingdom, put God's priorities ahead of our own. As managers of God's blessings, may we always, every day, love as Jesus loved, knowing that we're forgiven by him and being patient with others when we know we need God's patience. If we do, we're seeking first God's kingdom. We, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for giving us the things in our life and for keeping us busy. Forgive us those times we haven't sought your priorities first. 
Change us by the power of the gospel and lead us to live every day following you. Help us seek you first. Amen.